the women all took me into one of the gurs, sat me down, and first they gave me a a hot milk tea. Nice. Big fan. And then they brought out, which I was told later is a great honor, they brought out a bowl of goat legs and a butcher knife. Oh, no. And they presented it to me. Oh, boy. Jump in with both feet. Go big. Follow your dreams. Grab life by the reins. This is how we live. We're Callie King and Andrea Wady, two horse trainers always looking for adventure and finding it. Join us for stories of dangerous travels, wild animals, new challenges, and in the end, always learning alongside our magnificent horses. So saddle up and follow along. You're listening to Grab Life by the Reins. One, two, three. We nailed it. We are a team. I missed you. Ah, I missed you too, but I I had a lot of fun. Missed you, but I didn't. <laughs> well, we're so glad to be back for season two first. Yay. Welcome back, everyone. We've got Welcome. so many stories. We've got old stories that we're pulling up again. We've got new stories that we're going to be sharing from travels because... You know how we roll the, we can't do things without something happening. I'm sure it's the same for you. I haven't heard of yet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A hundred percent. It only takes a week away and we'll find some kind of adventure. I think it perfectly shows one of the differences between us. When I was leaving the day before I left for Peru and you sent me a message and said, send me a, a pin when you get where you're going so that I know where you are and you know, I know exactly where you are in the country and in Lima. And, and, and as we got on the call here, we were getting set up and I was like, where did Andrea go? What country was it in? Was it Europe? Was it, was it Asia? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so, so I was in Madeira, which is part of the, well, close to the Balearic Islands. So an island off the coast of Africa, essentially. It's absolutely amazing. The reason why I ask you for the pin is because you do go rogue and you were going off solo. I was going with Chris. And I just need to know where to send the rescue helicopter if I need to bust you out. That's that's why I need to know the pin. Well, that and I'm nosy. Well, I have to admit, though, I didn't send you the pin. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. No one knowing where I am. I really enjoy that, which is why I don't post on social media until I get back. There's no way I'm yeah. going to post when I'm actually there. <laughs> that is great until it goes tits up. Because if you remember, cast your mind back to when the whole of horse class had a total meltdown when you were missing in Mexico because the internet had gone out for 24 hours and nobody knew where Cali was. I did. I knew exactly what had happened because I lived in Central America and I knew that the internet had gone out. But it did highlight the fact that if we did need to come and find you, nobody knew where you were. <laughs> but I get it. I do get it. So tell me at least one highlight from your trip. Honestly, just time with my husband, with no nice. work. And I love my parents and I love my family, but nobody needed anything from me. 
and we just had time for each other and we walked and held hands and ate food and talked and swam in the sea and just having that time with him was incredibly precious. And, you know, also one of the highlights, now this is like (laughs) totally in the opposite direction, where we were staying had this like beautiful saltwater pool that then went down the steps into the ocean and the lifeguard was so hot. Oh my God, I was going to fake drowning. In fact, at one point, Chris said, do you want me to try and drown you so that Silver comes and rescue you? (laughs) So, you know, we have a healthy relationship. (laughs) I love it. You know, I've got a thing for lifeguards too. (laughs) Well, yes, clearly. Clearly you do. Yes. Talking of which, how was your time with your lifeguard in Peru, wherever you were in Peru? Yes. For those that don't know, my boyfriend, Danny, is a lifeguard. It was incredible. I think the highlight for me was going up into Huascaran National Park and swimming in cold water. Uh, You know, every few hours, every time we would pass a lake, we would just stop to jump in. It was amazing. Well, we both have that amazing love for cold water. And I did see the video and it looked utterly spectacular. And you had a hot lifeguard on hand to rescue you. (laughs) Always convenient. (laughs) Always convenient. I do want to point out, Danny is not just a lifeguard. Danny works on one of the most dangerous beaches in the world. He's an absolute waterman. And and I have so much respect for those boys that work those beaches. But the reason we're getting together as well, Callie, it's season two. We're back. So one of my favorite things to do in life is to eat. <laughs> yes. And I, um, I loved, before we did this recording session, we went to a really fun grocery store, Kimberton Whole Foods. Mm. We bought a bunch of bougie snacks. Yeah. And we've been we've been set up here eating fancy potato chips, crisps, crisps, chocolate in about five different forms. We did buy so much chocolate <laughs> for one night in an Airbnb. Well, we had both rated we found the chocolate part of the store independently, which was the problem. <laughs> so I bought my stash and then you separately bought your stash, yeah. which ended us up with like five bars of chocolate and a tin of chocolate covered almonds. So good. We had those for breakfast. So you know what one of my favorite meals of all times was? No. I had this meal on day seven of the Mongol Derby. So this is when you're galloping across Mongolia. So you must have been out on the step. What did you eat out there? Well, this was, uh, yeah, this was day seven. So I had by now kind of accustomed to the food. It was two nights earlier that I was outside of my tent at night puking. Why were you puking? I think I ate something bad. Ooh. I mean, there was the, the, the food was interesting. That means bad. But then my system, you know, got into gear. But my favorite meal when I was out there, so the Mongo Derby was the longest horse race in the world. I did it in 2022. And every night we had the option, and it was part of the strategy of the race, that you could stop at a horse station. That was the safe bet. So you stop at the horse station. 
Yeah. Which is where the horse lines were, where we changed horses. Because you were changing horses regularly. Yes. Yeah. You could essentially turn in your horse there, spend the night. They would have food there. Now, albeit it was, you know, it was still Mongolian food. It was cooked by the local people that had the horses, but they had food there, kind of race approved food, if you will. Yes. Or you could ride on past the horse station, but you had to be stopped. So you've come in, switched horses, mm -hmm. it's getting dark, but you think I'll get a head start because then I'll be further up. Yes. In the morning. So yes. she's, it's competitiveness. Yes. Yeah. But it was a risk because then you're responsible for your horse overnight. Yeah. And you had two options. You could, you had to stop by 7 p.m. You couldn't go forward after 7 p.m. So. And they know on your GPS or whatever. Yeah, they were if, watching us. Yeah. So we had to stop. And then we had to, either you could backtrack if you need to go back, but that's just a waste of time and energy. Totally. So you want to try to time it if you go riding out past the horse station that you're at a good place for the night at seven. Safe as well, presumably. Yeah. You want to be safe. Yeah. And mostly for the horse, because if you're just camping, sure. which we did one night, um, I camped with a fellow rider out there, but that was a different night. This night, I was like, I want to stay with a family because I'd been hearing along the way of riders that would ride out. Instead of camping, they would ride past the horse station, but then they would just find a gur, which is the big round white tents, essentially, that... Because it's a nomadic people, yeah. Yeah, that they lived in. And they have a culture, don't they, that if a visitor comes, they're welcome, essentially. It's an amazing culture that mm. way. And it's because of their nomadic heritage. And because the race is coming through, word kind of travels ahead that we're coming. Yeah. So some people had a rough idea of what we were doing. I also had a letter that a, um, a friend of mine had helped me translate into Mongolian that said who I was, that I was riding this race and asked if I could spend the night and could I have water and care for my horse. So I'm riding, it's like 645 and I start, you know, scanning the horizon for a spot and I see a girl in the distance and I'm like, I'm going to get there right at seven. This is going to be so perfect. So I veer off because it was a little bit off, you know, my forward track, but I veer off, I ride up to this girl, I come in, so I get closer, I see it's actually- And you're by yourself. By myself. Yep. And I'm second place right now. This is when I had, I was in first the whole oh. day and then I- I got hung up at the last horse station, the, the second place rider, well, the rider that, you know, we were basically neck and neck for the whole day, but he was out in first now. And I was, um, I was gunning to try to see if I could catch of up. Course. Of course. So I'm like, okay, this is good. I'm staying here. I come up and I see that there's about 14 people outside of these three girls. Wow. It was like a family reunion. Nice. I think actually they they lived there together in this really cool community. Um, but it was, it ranged from the elders who yeah. were probably the, the grandparents, maybe even the great grandparents. Yeah. And then it went down the generations till there were several babies. And when I rode up, they, um, they all came out because, of course, I was a bit of a spectacle. Of course, a novelty. <laughs> and um, they immediately, I showed, my, showed them my letter. You know, they, they nodded at me. There was one of the women who did speak a little bit of English. Wow. So she was really excited and we could communicate a little bit. So cool. Because I had learned some basic words of Mongolian. Not enough to have a conversation, but to say my name, where I'm from. Yeah. Thank you, please. Yeah. So right away, the uh, the men took my horse 
and took my horse. I actually later found that they decided my saddle looked so weird they had to ride in it. So <gasps> oh no, the horse. Luckily, we had only left the horse station less than an hour before. Yeah, and those horses are so fit. But he got a few extra rides before he went in for the night. But the women all took me into one of the gurs, sat me down, and first they gave me a a hot milk tea. Nice. Big fan. And then they brought out, which I was told later is a great honor, they brought out a bowl of goat legs and a butcher knife. Oh, no. And they presented it to me. Oh, boy. Best meal of the derby. So... I had a, I had, I, I figured I was not going to be too adept with the knife. So I just grabbed a leg and gnawed on it. (laughs) (laughs) And goats are one of Callie's favorite animals, but we're not vegetarian. So that's fine. So you're picking up a goat leg, chewing away on it. Did it taste good? Tasted like an old goat leg. And that was the best meal. Oh boy. It was the best meal. And I got to enjoy it twice because when I when <laughs> I finished, <laughs> I passed it around. A few other people chewed on the goat legs. By this time, almost everyone had come into the girl. It was packed. They were all just staring at me. <gasps> so we passed it around. They all got to chew on it too. And then they you know, offered it to me one more time. I said, no, I'm okay. They, they take it. They pushed it under the table. And the next morning at about 6 a.m. when, well, they started preparing my horse for me at 5 a.m. I, cu- I wasn't allowed to ride out at 7. Until 7. It was cold. It was blowing wind. I'm trying to communicate that, no, I have two more hours. I, I can't ride. Very kind of you to prepare my horse, but I can't ride yet. I don't think they quite understood. And they're like, if you want to win, you've <laughs> yes. got to get going early. Yes. <laughs> Lazy American. <laughs> but then they figured, well, let's give the give this girl some sustenance before she rides out. So they pulled the goat legs oh, back out no. from under the table and gave them to me again for a hearty breakfast to start the day. And you had to eat it. I ate a little bit. How did it feel? So the girl is like a bit like a yurt, I suppose. Like So it's all open. There's not separate sleeping chambers, or is there? It's all no, open. All open. So you had to lie down and sleep amongst all of these people that you'd never met before. And they were having a party. Oh, my God. They were up listening to music, talking. So they had cell phones. I don't know how they had service out there because I didn't wow. have service. They had cell phones. They were watching music videos on their cell phones. One time they even played reggaeton, a reggaeton oh, no. song. And I was like, I'm back in Mexico. <laughs> this is great. Oh my <laughs> goodness. So you've got this image of what it's going to be like out on the Mongolian steppe and there's TikTok on, the, te- <laughs> yeah. on the telephones. Oh, oh is God. there nowhere left untouched? Honestly. But you know what? An incredible kind people because so I was... You wouldn't get that in our culture. Someone banging on your door. Can I come and sleep the night? You'd be like, no. (laughs) So they... I was traveling very light because we were limited in the amount of weight that we could carry. And I had a super light sleeping bag that was rated to like 50 degrees, you know, very, very light sleeping bag. So I piled on all my clothing because this was the coldest night that I had experienced there climb in my little sleeping bag straight on the ground. I didn't go with a sleeping mat or anything. So I'm there. I woke up in the night and as the night progressively got colder, they kept putting more and more blankets on me. Oh, how lovely. Now I also did wake up in the night because they had provided me a pillow. I didn't have a pillow with me either. I thought, man, my 
My ear itches. What's that noise in my ear? Oh, no. The pillow was full of bugs. <gasps> oh, no. So I opted not to use the pillow, but I was so grateful for the blankets because I slept really warm. Did you sleep much? I didn't sleep much because they, they were going till like three in the morning. <laughs> I, yeah. I didn't sleep much when we were out, when we trekked coast to coast in Costa Rica. And you've just reminded me of a story. We went into this really, really remote village and we'd planned ahead somewhat because our, our guide, Orlando, he walked this walk a lot. And we went to this beautiful little village down beside a river where five families lived. And it was all farming. And they had a lot of Nicaraguan people working on the farm. The village was deserted and we came in and five women cooked us these, this beautiful meal. So one from each family. It was amazing. And they were all working together and really happy and super pleased we were there. We'd pitched our tents. Chris and I pitched ours outside of the church, kind of on the top side of the village. And we lay down. We were so exhausted. Got into bed, lay down. When suddenly we heard, "May, May, hola, cómo estás?" Really loud. And we're like, "What the heck is that?" We had camped at the only place in the village where there was cell phone reception. Ah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they had finished work, eaten, got showered. It's eight o'clock at night. And they go up to the church and sit and talk till midnight, chatting loudly on their cell phones. And I was like, really? Is there nowhere sacred? Crazy. Technology just has, has it's got everywhere, hasn't it? So when you were on that trek, did you eat well? Did you have like beautiful Costa Rican <laughs> yeah. food along? Yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah, we did. There was no gnawing on goat legs for us. Amazing because everyone served a casado, um, which is a typical plate in Costa Rica and it means marriage. So they say that it has 90% of your daily needs. God, I could eat one now so bad. So it's like rice, beans, some salad and a protein and some vegetables. It was so, so good. So good. We had the best food though. The best food coupled with the worst accommodation was on a mushroom farm. And I slept. What kind of mushrooms? Let me just clarify here. Not those kind of (laughs) mushrooms, like proper edible put in your dinner mushrooms, not mushrooms, and then have a very strange day. It wasn't those ones. But we slept in a shed that was a mushroom shed. And there were rats running up and down the walls and it was horrendous, but the food was excellent. I wanted to just take a break in recording to tell you about my book. Crossing Bridges is about my journey coast to coast in Costa Rica with my friends and rescue horses. This was life-changing, life-affirming and made me rethink what horses were capable of. Crossing Bridges. It's a great read. I hope you enjoy it. So the goat leg being the best thing you ate, what was the worst thing you ate on your 
trek across Mongolia, your race? Well, the worst thing that I had was actually after the race, because after the race, I rented a car and I went out driving into the desert, into the Gobi for a few days. The Gobi Desert, amazing. And, you know, my version of this is because my mindset changed. Because when I was riding that Mongol Derby, I was so happy. I went into it with total gratitude for any piece of food that came my way. And I just went into it with the mindset of, I'm going to enjoy all of this. In fact, at the time... Being fully present. Fully present. And at the time, even going into it, I was 95% vegetarian, even vegan for probably the year before. Mm. So even eating the meat was something that I wasn't accustomed to. Yeah. But I was... You embraced it. I embraced it. When I left the Mongol Derby and I went out into that next phase of my trip into the desert, for whatever reason, I let my mindset slip and I started getting grumpy about the food. And I started craving, oh, I want to go home. I want a fresh salad. I want my greens. I want this. I want that. Yeah. And I stopped at a little roadside place when I was driving. I couldn't. I was looking for food, looking for food, couldn't find it. Saw this little roadside place, went in. Of course, couldn't read anything on the menu. So I just pointed to a picture. She brought it out. To be honest, it didn't taste that bad. But I was just being a grump. Yeah. And it wasn't what I thought I wanted. What was it? It was... (laughs) No idea. It was some kind of meat Mm. cooked in a sauce. Yeah. I was sicker than a dog for the next 24 hours. Interesting. Having to stop along the desert, leap out of the car. So your mind told you, this is not good for my body. Yeah. Yeah. But those day-old goat legs, I felt like a million bucks riding the day after those. Yeah, because you were fully into it. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, adventures. I mean, if I think if you're going to do these extreme adventures, you've got to be 100% in. If you're one foot in, one foot out, you're not going to have a good time because let's face it, anything that's outside of our normal routine can feel uncomfortable. So if you're fighting it or feeling weird about it, you're not going to have a good time. You've got to throw yourself in a thousand percent. Mind over matter. Just like when we went down and jumped in that uh, really cold creek. We did that. At 7 a.m. this morning. 7 a.m. this morning, we jumped up. We love cold water. And when we're together, and Callie and I, and we want to do creative stuff, we have a morning routine. Callie normally goes for a run. I do my Qigong. I have an acupressure pad. Yeah, you, you just added the bed of nails to the morning routine. <laughs> I lie on a bed of nails. Not to torture myself. It makes me feel good. It's like this mat that's got these pokey things that you lie on and it hits all your acupressure points. I'm not totally convinced. I do believe there's a lot of ancient wisdom, but I'm not totally convinced that this mat just doesn't hurt like hell and therefore make us feel good because of all the natural endorphins. (laughs) Yeah, it wakes me up. And then we went out seven o'clock this morning. We're staying in an Airbnb really close to this really pretty creek. And we got down there. There was ice on the ground, steam rising off the river. And Callie goes, oh, look, it's like a hot tub, (laughs) except freezing. And we did. We were in our bathing suit, stripped down, jumped in the cold water. Felt good. It was good. I think people think we're insane. Well, maybe we are. I can go with that. I wouldn't change it. Neither would I. 
All right. You guys have an amazing week. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to Grab Life by the Reins. If you want to see ridiculous photos from our adventures, be the first to know when we release new episodes and be a part of more shenanigans, join our email family at grablifebytherains.com. We'll see you in the next program.